Now can you hear me? Ah, there you are. Yeah. Why you forgot to plug in? Oh, no, it's quite the opposite. Zoe had unplugged um, my mixing desk. I thought it was on, and I was like ready to roll, and then it's, it's not ready to roll. <laughs> this is the Sheer Isolation Podcast. It's presented by Kieran Moore and John Ponting. Hello, everyone. Hello. Yes, we are back again. This is the Sheer Isolation Podcast. Welcome, one and all. Thank you for joining us again uh, for the next half hour. We'll be promoting... Uh, as much as we can for music uh, and, and venues in the West of England. I've got a packed show today as well, Kieran. We have. We've got announcements for gigs. We've got some local movers and shakers showing us how great they are and what they're delivering. We've got some fantastic music. And we've got our guest as well, James Hackett, who's, who's a real inspiration. He's, he's going to touch a lot of people with his story. Yeah, that genuinely gave me goosebumps, what you told me. I was like, listening to it and going, wow. Look, I've got some champagne, which we're celebrating... Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna pour some for you. Why thank you. And here thank we go. Look. My glass of water. Cheers. The bucks the bucks fears. Cheers. What are we celebrating? I have a gig. Uh-huh. An actual gig with actual people and everything. <laughs> well, don't keep it a secret, tell the details. So I actually have a gig happening this year. On December the 10th, John Gom is playing at the Emmanuel's Yard venue in Trowbridge. For those who don't know, John Gom is a, um, he's one of those percussive guitarists. He does a lot of like finger tapping and, and hitting the body of the guitar and creating sounds and sort of effects. He has an array of pedals and he, and he like delays and all sort of reverbs and stuff. And he creates this sort of layered sound which he then plays guitar over the top. So it's not looped, but it, it's eff- like affected through pedals. He is sensational. He's a virtuoso guitarist. He can, he can play just incredibly complex time signatures and, and, and sort of scales and notes and stuff. And uh, he is just absolutely sensational. He came famous off the back of a video called Passion Flower, which we're going to play in a minute. Um, and it got clocked up 17 million views. Now, for a guy who was literally just making music, you know, in a studio, that is absolutely phenomenal. And I'm delighted that we finally have a gig. And I'm delighted it's John Gom because John Gom played for me in Devizes four years ago, the year after he played Download, and he played at St. Mary's Church. Um, we had people traveling from London, from London to Devizes to watch him perform, which also was quite one of those really surreal moments where you're like, people are coming from, from the bricks to the sticks to come watch this guy. In a church, the natural reverberations, the acoustics, it was lush. I've wanted to work with him ever since, but I haven't been able to for one reason or another. Um, and then this, this tour's come about. He's quite expensive, so please buy a ticket. <laughs> but I think, I think we're all desperate for music, and I can't think of a, a better quality show to go back to watching live music than John Gom. So I'm hoping that all fingers, toes, everything crossed, webs, feet crossed, we're going to um, have a sensational gig, and you're all going to be there, and it's going to be beautiful. So there you go, John. Can I get a word in now? Excellent. <laughs> you can now. That was quite a rant, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Well, congratulations on getting, getting yourself a gig booked in the diary for, for this year as well. I know you were planning on January or at least uh, uh, for next year for getting gigs in. Uh, let, let's crack on and play a track from John Gorman, and this is Passion Flower.
So that was Passion Flower by John Gom. It's, it's his song that, that basically made him famous, for want of a better word. We, now, we, we know these days that record labels don't make you big. You know, radio play doesn't exist in the same way that it used to, and that YouTube is where it's at. And uh, my, my children will prove to you that they don't care about TV or radio. But they'll watch YouTube until they're sleeping normally. Just let it play in the background. Uh, and so John Gom, he's got racked up 17 million views of this song. And it's just a sensational song. I don't know how to describe it, but it, he's got a whole new sound that he sort of developed himself. And there are other people that have sort of imitated it or, or sort of taken him as a springboard and gone elsewhere. But he, he's just got such a unique sound. On uh, last week's show, we were talking about how um, the, the government had said that we can now have gigs, but nobody had said they were going to do gigs. And then literally hours after we recorded, they all started coming out. So like it from the 1st out. of August, we've got Southgate Devizes, we've got the King's Arms Monastery, we've got uh, Wellington Marlborough. They've all got gigs planned in the first few days. The Rolleston, the Rolleston in Swindon. Yeah, they have. They've gone crazy. These are mainly venues that still have outdoor spaces and or 
spacious front bars so they're still not club venues what we're what we would sort of you're not venues like the fleece in bristol which we would love to go and watch a gig at but no it's not those sorts of things but it's a really good starting point and i'm delighted that it's starting to happen this week's guest is james hackett james hackett uh, i met through the music scene uh, but james has actually taken a bit of a sort of sidestep he's taken a, an alternative route to find himself and he now runs a studio recording studio for, uh, film and photography and um, finishing suites etc so um james has got a really interesting story to tell us so uh here we go welcome james hackett james very quickly outline to people who are listening what it is that you do we know that you're based in swindon but tell us about the studio okay so uh we're a film production house largely dealing with things like music videos things like real estate things like commercials i've been making films now for the better part of, sort of 13 years so i've been doing it a long old time more so recently obviously than than before when i was in bands we've been fortunate enough to work with the likes of say harrods nhs england home base to name a few so it's going pretty well and uh, that, that was that was sort of when I was freelancing just a lowly freelancer trying to trying to get by <laughs> on very little money and then uh, and then we officially incorporated in November of last year so still a still an infant really we've done pretty well it's sort of gone from strength to strength you know we've got quite a lot of contracts on the go now and we've got to a point now where we're shooting every single day we've got staff here in Swindon now we've got staff in Brighton in another studio so it's oh. It's grown and grown. You say in your infancy still, but um, the reason why I invited you on here is because obviously you're local, um, but you're also a bit of a success story, really, because what I noticed the other day is that you said you were expanding. So Brighton's a new thing, right? So Brighton happened probably about a month ago now that we opened the studio up in Brighton. Uh, We were able to do so because of a pretty good contract we got down there, which is good. We're getting inquiries from further afield now. And, you know, if any of those land, then we'll be looking at opening studios in other areas and growing and expanding that way. You're the, the chief instigator, aren't you? You're number one. You're the guy at the top. So I started Inspire Creative, yeah. So yeah. I started it. I was still a freelancer at the time, but I, I officially started it. If you would call opening a Facebook page the official start, <laughs> then... A lot um, of do these days. Yeah, yeah. Then that was June the 8th of last year. Before then, I was on all kinds of other different brands. I've probably got about 10 Facebook pages, different things I've tried and they've not worked. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, and, But this definitely worked. worked. I mean, if you started in June last year, you went incorporated in November and you've expanded in July. That is, that's a sensational turnaround, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's great because... I originally did it because I got signed off from what it's going to, I, I don't want to depress people, but I got signed off with uh, depression. And that's when I started Inspire Creative as just a, as just a way of like, you're not doing anything because you're not at work, get out and do something you enjoy and, and you know, hopefully you'll feel better. And I started it because of that reason. And that's why our tagline is get inspired because I wanted to see that and be inspired. Yeah. And uh, it got to a point where I was able to support myself and then very quickly able to support other people which was really important to me that I was able to do that so now we've started hiring and building a little team here and stuff it's great. Mate I, I had no idea obviously about the depression you just mentioned um, it's not generally something that someone would share on, on Facebook necessarily especially to people they don't know but what you've just told me then actually gave me goosebumps that is a <laughs> absolutely fantastic and i am so impressed and in a strange way i'm really proud of you because you've done it off your own volition off your own back what you said there was about do something you love and it's Mm -hmm. really panned out for you what an amazing story 
Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel like work, and that's the point, you know. At the, the start there, you mentioned some um, quite impressive names that you're working for. That They're not the kind of companies to, to jump on the back of a one-man band and say, yes, let's give you lots of money and make videos. How, how, did, how did that process start? Uh, I actually worked for Homebase for a while, and my general manager there asked me to make a video for Homebase, and that's kind of just how I was. More, it was more of a who-you-know kind of scenario, you know. And then he jumped to Harrods and stayed there for a while and then rang me one day and just said, you know, you still making videos? Um, we're looking to do something over at Harrods and, and then I hopped over there. It's been, it's been luck really more than anything. It's just been so running into the right people at the right time, you know, but I say right, right person, right time, right face, right time. Yeah. And it's the clients I'm working with like on the daily, they're, they're people that need videos every day, you know, because they're marketing people themselves. So it's everyday work for me, which is great. That is sensational. I'm absolutely blown away. You nailed it there where you said it's, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. I find that obviously with doing the music and doing the sound engineering, etc. If you've got a good rapport with someone, you've got a good attitude and people like you, you're going to get that phone call over somebody else. You may have a glittering CV, but if they don't know them or if they've got a dodgy rep or a dodgy attitude, then... Yeah, I mean, this is, the, this is the same in music as, as it is in filmmaking. You've got lots of guys out there that are really good at what they do, but because they're not forward enough at going out and getting the work or going out and, and, and really going for it, you, you tend to find that all these really talented creatives and really talented bands and stuff start their own freelancing business. They're great at what they do, but they're not good at the business end, so they don't get any work to actually show off what they do, you know? And it's one of those things. It's the same in music as it is in, in filmmaking, you know? You, you've just got to be in people's faces. You just have to really just get after it, you know? And, and not working eight hours a day every day was really what gave me the sort of the time and then obviously the fact that I had a daughter on the way and all this kind of stuff and it was just like a, a really big motivation too and when, when I especially when I thought to myself this is working I'm actually starting to feel better that gave me even more of a motivation to keep going at it and keep growing it you know what I would normally say to someone who comes into the interview and we start chatting and say can you remember the first time we met when we did the sort of introducing John and talking about the the, the zoom I says like oh yeah what band were you in I named about three bands that you weren't in finally, <laughs> <laughs> finally got to a band that you were in uh, can you oh, I can't remember what, do you remember when we first met I can't but I'm sure you put on a gig and we played it I'm 99.9% certain that's what happened. <laughs> 100%, I'm 100% certain that's what happened. It was, I'm pretty sure it was level three. You were in I Defy, weren't you? Yeah. So I was the vocalist for a while. And then a guy called Guy Shergold from Traitor Born joined and I jumped to guitar. So remind me, what, other than I Defy, what other bands were you in? Well, way back in the day. Do you remember Area 51? Yeah, I remember. On, on the industrial estate, yes. Yeah, yeah. So so on a Wednesday, it, it was almost like I played there every Wednesday, it seemed. We had quite a good rapport with Ken, who used to run it down there. And uh, I was in a band called Prometheus, if you remember Prometheus. Do you remember that band? Yeah. Putting you on the spot now. Everybody's Baby. watching. <laughs> <laughs> a singer had dreadlocks, maybe that all, I don't know. Oh, but, yes. Uh, I was in Prometheus for a while. Yeah. This was back in the days when Ventflow were knocking around, when Berry Beneath were knocking around. Do you remember yes. these sort of bands? Ventflow yeah, going way back. Yes, going <laughs> way back. And then I kind of got into a, a bit more of the sort of deathcore scene, and I was in Dead Summer Rising. I was then in, in The Argent Dawn. Yes. Uh, for yeah. a while. I joined a band called Eternal Lord which was one of the biggest bands that I'd been in in a while. So yeah. we talked with like All That Remains, Music Signals and Textures and things like that. And that, that, yeah. that was really my first flavour of doing anything that was more than just pubs and <laughs> pubs and clubs, you know. And then after that, uh, a band called Romeo Must Die. 
Yes, I, I remember them, that time. So they're more on the east, like down by uh, like sort of Essex Way. So yeah. they used to be in bands like Stamping Ground, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. After that is when I started I Defy. I, I had a, a brief affair with a band called Machine Made God, but no sooner had I joined did they break up. That was based in Germany. So yeah. that's, that's interesting. So you literally have been about a bit. I mean, Germany, down in Essex. It's, Swindon, being based in Swindon is quite good for that because you can got the M4 and you can go left or right, can't you? You can go all over the place. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do, I do miss it. You know, I do think about joining a band again. Finding the time to do it is such a massive commitment, you know. I did yeah, recently uh, cover on bass for like a, a band that does sort of 30s and 40s covers. <laughs> um, I, I did that for a while. That was fun. But yeah, that was about the last time I, I did anything music wise. How's lockdown been for you? Have you been able to work, continue working? Yeah, been- yeah, we've been able to carry on working. One of our big clients is actually a real estate client. What they did to adapt was they just got the homeowners to film their own homes. <laughs> and uh, and then they would uh, send them to me to sort of jazz them up a bit, you know. Well, yeah. it wasn't the most ideal. Obviously, it's not going to be as good as like us going out and actually filming it ourselves. But it kept us going, you know, throughout lockdown. And it was a big lifeline, actually. The same, same we've got another client that was a recruitment agent. And uh, they kept me going as well throughout, um, throughout lockdown. So lockdown's been good for you. That that's also great news. Um, so what what um, what have you got coming up? Do you've got anything specific coming up? Um, we're going to be taking over uh, the entire uh, unit that we're in at the moment. I think so that's what I saw on Facebook. You announced that you were expanding in Swindon and taking over that whole unit. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have you know a couple of different studios, and freelancers can use those. Dedicated editing, color grading, audio. Might even stick a little recording studio in here or something. Yeah, um, absolutely why not invite the bands back in <laughs> <laughs> that i mean that is that is sensational i mean that's going to be really good for swindon as well um you know having that standard of of facility in town that's just brilliant isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. and 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 what's even better is you're you're the guy driving it all i could only hope to achieve things like that good <laughs> <laughs> No, it's been, it's, it, you know, like I say, it, I've just run into the right people, I think, that have, that have been with. I've had a lot of help, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, you make your own luck, though, don't you? I mean, I, I'm a great believer in you make your own luck. You know, you don't, you have to work hard to achieve stuff. Um, and if you're putting it out there and, and putting it about, then and people take you up on that. And you've, you've created that for yourself. And you've obviously done that. So you're creating your own luck as it goes on. And I'm sure, no doubt, that it will continue to develop. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. It sounds like you, you're quite happy to take on kind of any challenge, no, uh, no size, no issue. Hundred percent, mate. Yeah, hundred percent. Where, where do people find you? So you can get us at www.getinspired.media, um, or you can look us up on Facebook. Uh, just type in Inspire Creative or forward slash Get Inspired UK. Just hashtag it and, and search it, and you'll you'll crop up. You'll find it. Yeah, you'll find it. All right, should we um, uh, move on to the track. Yeah, so uh, okay. you've been asked to pick a track, James. Yeah, picked? sure. Uh, so uh, I've, a friend of mine, Joe, uh, is in a band called um, Ursus, and I think they're awesome. So uh, I, could, I could thought of no other, um, no better track to play than, than Totem by Ursus. That's it.
verses. Can you remember what the song was called? Forum. I've written down. No, Totem. Oh, well, totem. I, that was I wrote, Totem. I wrote Totem and my um, predictive text has changed it to Forum. <laughs> oh, okay. No, you were definitely Totem. They are probably currently Swindon's leading metal bands. Yeah, heavy. Heavy. And, and they played for me quite a few times and they played for me reasonably recently as well, actually. Um, and I, I, I get on with them quite well. I like them as a band. They're nice guys. Really nice guys. Even if I'm not a particularly massive metalhead, I've got time for nice people. And, and metal people are some of the nicest people. They are really sweet when you get to know them. I always find that the, uh, the metal people are also the gentlest. And I, I, I mean that sincerely. They're the gentlest people. Because I guess they let all their vent, they vent all their anger out on stage and in their instruments. And then afterwards, they just, they just stroke a kitten or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, so for months, we've been talking about when the gigs are going to start and all the rest of it. Frank Turner did a pilot uh, show at the Clapham Grand, which is a, I think it's a thousand capacity venue. It's a, one of those really old theatres. It's beautiful. Da, 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 da. Um, and there's a new story came out today. What, what was the f- exact phrasing? It was something along the lines of gig, uh, pilot gig didn't go very well. And it's like, that's not actually true. The gig went excellently. The downside was it only had 20% of the crowd there. And as a consequence, it's not financially viable. I've got the article here. It, it was not a success. Not a success. Uh, it's complete claptrap. It was a success. It went really well. Financially, it was a disaster. It actually lost money because they had to double the amount of staff to c- control the scenario. So as we've previously said, um, for ba- venues reopening, they have to increase staffing because they have to make things more safe. You know, people doing X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, and this was a pilot scheme. Um, Frank did a really wonderful blog about it today. Um, where he talked about it, and he did mention the fact that um, the staff, uh, you know, doubled the cost of the shows and, and all the rest of it. He played for free, and they still lost money. I, so I do love your lost- perspective on life, Kieran, because you, you're saying that it was a success despite it being a complete financial disaster. Well, yeah, that's 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 basically what the article says. It was a disaster. It wasn't a disaster. It was brilliant. It was financially disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> The point of the pilot um, was basically to prove to the government that having reduced capacities won't work. So either venues stay shut or venues are allowed to open fully, which they can't currently, or you chuck loads of money at the venues to maintain them so that when they can reopen safely, we still have venues to reopen, or we look at it another way, like reducing rents or rates, etc. So there are still ways of dealing with it. Basically, opening on a 20% capacity is not the answer. When we were talking um, over the weekend, Karen, you, you came up with an interesting theory that um, how gigs are going to transition and gradually we're going to see bigger and bigger gigs over the coming months because it's been impossible for the, the, the bigger artists to, to start yet. We're kind of relying on the grassroots music. Yes. First. I thought it was quite an interesting idea. Well, and it's so far it's, it's, tr- it's shown to be true in the sense that all the gigs we've seen pop up have all been local artists. Um, and then obviously I've announced a national touring artist, but it's not until December. So you still need that lead time. I think it would be almost un- unrealistic to expect any national touring bands to start playing in August at venues that still haven't done their pilot sets. So it's going to, I think n- the new year is going to be when it really does kick off again. I understand th- through MVT that all the venues that, that canceled and postponed, earlier in the year have already rescheduled for next year sort of a year in a year's time so i really think yeah next year we're going to hit the ground running i'm concerned there's going to be too many gigs but we'll see too many gigs and not enough people but who knows what's going to happen we'll just have to wait and see we will indeed that's 
there's more positives in there than negatives, surely. Too, you can't. Oh, all, positive. all positives. No negatives. And we will leave it with that. So that is another successful show created. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you ever so much for listening to us waffle. We have fun. Speaking <laughs> Until next time, John. See you later. I will see you next week. Enjoy. <laughs>